0: Live streaming is
1: on. Good evening and welcome, doomers and non-doomers alike. OMG, 132. Yeah, I've got 132. Um, What was OMG about? That has disrupted my tidy, beautiful introduction. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, doomers and non-doomers alike. Label yourselves as you will. Today is January 15th, in the year 2023, and this is meeting number 132 of the Extinction RT, uh, waiting together and separately for the end of things, or at least to get some idea of when the end of things might be, what the end of things might look like, whether it's going to happen and so on and so forth. I think we've all established it. It's happening. Um, today's meeting, uh, we would like to maybe talk about some of the uh some something sort of you know, getting closer to towards the topic I suppose of, of the in, internal processes that might be involved with um, recognizing the predicament of mankind uh, and where we uh, sort of acknowledge that we don't really have much agency, if any, in the outcome of the scenario that we're in. Um, we do have agency as relates to our ability to cope with that, maybe, In terms of just the the internally uh, important processes, like how do we manage our own um, feelings and our ability to continue to live under circumstances where society and civilization and the ecosystem are deteriorating? So how do we do that between us and ourselves? And how do we uh, possibly uh, create some sort of connection with other people that can... uh, Maybe mitigate some of the circumstances. So um, again, there's there's a tendency uh, we have to to think catastrophically about things, but we don't know uh, what kind of situations are going to come up in the future. And maybe our our internal resources, our mental state of mind, maybe our spiritual um, position will help us to make a positive contribution as things. Unfold. Um, does that say something useful? I don't know. Um, we have uh, a, a, a podcast or a, um, a, there's a YouTube video in which a chap called Bernardo Kastrup talks about um, various topics. Uh, he's somebody that I'm somewhat aware of, um, but uh, because this um, particular one was posted on the uh, sub, I listened to the whole thing and I found certain elements. Uh, very uh, interesting and sort of um, illuminating, can I say. And um, I thought, oh, this guy is cool. He's switched on. He knows what he's talking about. And then there were other things that he said that made me think, oh, you know, uh, human beings are just useless wallies, and he's one of them. Uh, and uh, I, I experience everything with this sort of level of ambivalence. Uh, I don't know how other people feel. But um, also, I don't know if, if anybody who's present here has anything to say about that topic in itself, or, you know, would I summarize it potentially? Uh, and maybe or I could just riff on my impression of some of these um, various uh, points that I got from the conversation. As I say, I don't know enough about castrop himself to um, be able to talk about anything beyond that one particular podcast. Does, does anybody have any take, or am I just going to be left to waffle on? Okay. Uh, well, okay. I'm. I'm going to try then and uh, sort of say something about about the things this chat was saying that registered with me. Uh, again, as I say, I'm. I'm not really one to take notes um, and do a sort of homework thing. So, Ellie, you didn't do your homework, and I didn't do mine. I don't. Well, I don't know if anybody did. But um, basically, this guy was talking about. Um, or that well, okay i don't know he was talking about lots of things so in terms of like what uh, struck me is that he was talking about this idea of a daemon which came up uh, or has come up for me in other contexts where he's trying to follow um a sort of impulse that he has to doing things which is uh, i don't know what he was describing like there's there's some some part of his sort of inner uh, self no, it's not some part of his inner self. He's talking about basically that, that there's maybe a voice or an impulse leading him to do things that he he sees as not being really him. So there's, well, from what I understood, he's saying that basically that nature in some way is motivating him to, to do certain things. And he wants to... Audio was yeah. Talk about Bernard. yeah. Do you know what? It's quite difficult. I'm going to try not to look at the um the screen share if I can find a way to do it because then I'm I'm sort of following with my eyes uh, what's going on. Um. Yeah, that's now I'm distracted. So anyway, so we were talking yeah, talking about him now. See, that's difficult. But uh, GS, do you mind not sharing the uh, the chat from YouTube onto uh, this thing because I can't help myself um from looking at it and it's i'm finding it kind of distracting and i don't know how to it was the only way i can make myself not see the screen okay that's cool thanks so that's I have just lost my thread and i've got no idea what i'm talking about anyway so trying to riff without having any idea what i'm talking about is um Not very helpful because I don't really have very much to say, but uh, that doesn't—I'm not the only one (laughs) today, right? Anyway, so where were we? So this chap Kastrup is talking about uh, the fact that he perceives something that he called a daemon, that is maybe the um, some sort of force of nature that's informing him of things to do. And at least part of what he was talking about in this uh, podcast or YouTube video is that he's going to, or he wants to follow this force of nature. So when he's written his books, and again, I haven't read his books, and um, I don't know what his shtick is in general, they're saying that he's learned how to sort of follow this impulse, and it's something that comes from outside of him, um, which again... Uh, might be considered a mental illness, I guess, in some circles. but to me it sounded like a very interesting idea. And he talked about how this uh, impulse coming from nature is getting him to do things that he considers uh, are the right thing to do, or he considers that it's um, correct or virtuous to follow these impulses. And, uh, oh good, I'm glad you're here now. Uh, I, I hope you can help me out here a little bit, trying to um, relay some of the impressions from this Bernardo Castrop thing. And similarly, DB, if you want to even text textually uh, bring something up, or Ellie, if you want to, if you pick up on anything and just want to riff on whatever bullshit I'm saying, then please feel free to to jump in, because I'm, as I say, I'm just riffing. I've got no idea what I'm talking about. Um, anyway, so there was this. Um, Entity or the, this chap is saying that basically he gets impulses to do things from nature. So, for instance, the books that he's written that I haven't read, um, they've kind of he said that they're not channeled as such, but they've sort of he's produced them as a result of this impulse to write them. And that he feels that the impulse has come from some source outside of himself. And that source is to do with the spontaneous force of nature. I think that's how that's how I understood it. Um, and I I think he's sort of referring to this sort of uh, creative and spontaneous aspect of us, and maybe that that's coming from some sort of, um, yeah, again, sort of more global source. So if I get the impulse to do some sort of creative act, or maybe even a destructive act, um, I can listen to um, myself and ascertain that sometimes these are thoughts that emanate from myself inside my head but other times there's a force from outside of me but that's compelling me to do something and uh i think he was discussing that force is, is that right db uh, remind right db saying what he was talking about reminded me of what gary and hugh talked about with the uh, what's that paraclete it also makes me think of the muse too inspiration that comes spontaneously yeah, I don't remember the details of the conversation between Gary and Hugh because I have no memory of anything. But um, that, that that resonates with me. What what you're saying there?
0: I, I think, yeah, and I think he was not only talking about something coming from outside; it was coming from it was coming from inside. It was a, an impulse that he, he couldn't even resist, and that it was nature speaking through him.
1: Yes, it, it was within him, but but it emanated from something other than his ego self.
0: Yeah, but that, that's in a terms of, of, of um, yeah, but uh, yeah, okay. But it was, uh, there was no separation really in what he was saying, but that's just, we're just really uh, um, talking on, on terms that are just, yeah. But it, it, what you said exactly uh, reflects what, he, what he's saying at the beginning of his, uh, of his conversation. And, and the enthusiasm is in which he communicated that uh, experience of the impulse uh, really resonated with me very much. Something that you cannot resist. Something that's you just—it's just pushing you. You know, he—he he really explains that very well, and I—I—I I, I understand that. It, it, nothing in the rational or thinking could even explain why you're doing it, but you're just drawn to it. You know?
1: Yeah. And I, was was he referring to the idea that? um you know sometimes we maybe are resistant to that impulse and he seemed to be suggesting um you know that it, it's a positive thing to learn to follow that impulse and and he he moderates it i think he was trying to qualify that he moderates his following of that impulse in terms of if the impulse uh, was uh in some way uh, going to be harmful he wasn't he wasn't suggesting uh, but I, in other words if if that impulse came and it was to genocide i don't think he'd be recommending that anybody follow that, But if the impulse is going to ask you to make a painting or, you know, compel you to write a book or, you know, sail the oceans, uh, then you would go along with it. Do, do I Did I understand that correctly?
0: Yeah, he, he said at one stage um, uh, that if you're compelled to go in a certain direction without knowing the why, that's not your ego. If you don't know the why, you can nearly know that it's coming from from your true self um yes that's the
1: way to recognize that sort of impulse yeah and so following that sort of impulse um well again he's talking about that as a positive thing to do i don't know if i ever follow that sort of impulse or if i tend to resist them um uh and again yeah sort of the idea resonated with me how does how does this um yeah, I, th- I think it's it's something. Maybe it it sounds like a, um, a a sort of invitation to be more broadly connected to natural forces, perhaps. Right, uh, DB is saying the impulse has to be tempered, but it goes both ways. The forces, oh yeah, the forces temper the intellect, but uh, temperance goes the other way too. Uh, I'd never do a job if I totally followed my inspiration and muse all day every day. I mean, yeah, to some extent, that to me almost sounds like an advertisement for just following your muse all day and every day. And I suppose um, one's tempted also to think that one of the reasons that people have to do a job is to perhaps, uh, you know, uh, distract them from following this sort of impulse. Is it is it right? Are we satisfied to, to refer to this uh, thing as the muse? Again, um, talk talked about daemon. And I remember coming across the term, but I can't remember what it means, as usual. Um so a, a daemon is it's a Greek term, let's see no, a demon, yeah, because see, I remember he talked about Socrates, Socrates, as we like to call him, and so a daemon, daemon in Greek is, is also demon, da-da-da, term is used interchangeably with theos for a god, I'm not sure, I think that the um, thingy, is it, if I, um, does something good? good, ah, here we go, daemon is an ancient Greek word referring to lesser supernatural beings, so I don't know if He's interpreted the use of the word, can anybody, well, I don't think it's a distraction. It's more like the in, impersonal forces don't really care about the standards of society. Yeah, I suppose that's, that's a sort of one of those things where you wonder about the degrees of agency in the way a social system is uh, arranged and whether there's uh, intent behind... Um, the way things are set up or not, isn't it? So that's a good question. So, yeah, so, okay, so there is this this question. I mean, I suppose if there's not something anybody wants to talk about, and if we can't get our teeth and riff on the subject, there's no point in going on about it but uh, since I'm here already, um, I thought there was a, there was a sense, yeah, I, I liked the way he was talking about this idea that there were basically impulses that uh, they come inside the person but they're not from inside the person strictly and it's a sort of muse or a force of nature. And as Inish uh, uh, reminded me, he was explaining that you can identify that impulse being external because you feel strongly drawn to doing it, but you don't know why, and that your ego or your, your self uh, or the, you know, the mundane self always has sort of rationalizations for things. So when you do something and you have a, a, a sense of, I'm doing this because of that, that's not necessarily that impulse, but when the impulse happens, there's no reason you feel compelled to follow it. That's the, uh, the force that we're talking about. And uh, yeah, again, just to sort of summarize my impression is that it's being sort of uh, some way tuned in to the the natural order of things and maybe um, it's following a sort of deeper tendency. And um, again, yeah, that resonated with me. I thought it was interesting. And at the same time, I felt like that the guy had a sort of feeling that he had to come up with some sort of theory about it and he felt like he knew something. and so, s so, so, so,
2: yeah. Sorry to interrupt. I was just um Please. thinking I th- there is something that I I know about this in terms of like I I was I, I can't but I can't speak to it completely because uh I need to go away and come back on this. But it's really Rock interesting to what clam. you're talking about because uh there was a series so there's a writer who was um so there's a series on YouTube about Julius Eveler and he talked a lot about this and I was it was a long there's a there's a channel on YouTube called Philosophy Cat and she has done so he was a pretty dense um uh, writer and um thinker uh, in the mid 20th century I mean he if you look on YouTube straight away you're going to find that uh, all like the mainstream just deems him to be a fascist he did have some pretty spicy views on certain and he did align slightly with that side of things but uh i think it's worth looking at because um i think it's pretty heavy and dense like if you were to he wrote a book called revolt against the modern world and in that i'm in a like a long-running series uh on on this and i haven't I haven't touched on it recently. It's quite a heavy. She's done some really good series on it. Uh, the the um, production quality on it is actually really good. But I, I sort of, I was sort of taking in the first few videos, and I hadn't. Uh, but the, the the next video in the series, which I was sort of, uh, it was a while ago, but it was they they were touching on this very subject about um, the, the topic of demons um, and how we all have a demon um, and. I can't speak to it because, as I say, I can't remember what his thinking was on it. But it's somewhere along, you know, aligned with what you're talking about. And and he, ever is very much in the sort of he, he thinks that that uh, humans have been in decline since like like eons. Like it's crazy. Like he he sort of deems it to be. Way before, I mean, what he classifies to be the modern world is kind of yeah, not not the 20th century, but going you know back, kind of much much further back, um, which is quite interesting uh, take on things. But anyway, I'll see if I can link the the channel because she's got some good uh, videos about this guy, and he's written some, from what I understand, to even attempt to read the books, you kind of need like a pre pre former like a, a like a little um starter to sort of get you in the frame of mind to understand it, so actually yeah sounds quite her videos are quite good because she's like quite clever and she's read them all and yeah she's got quite a good channel but yeah that, that's some that's my sort of thoughts on what you're on about, but I haven't watched this chat that you're talking about, but I'm sure it kind of yeah
1: links <clears throat> yeah i've got i just i found one of the videos I think I I started watching some of those and and didn't get all that far with it I think possibly because just because it's quite a long there was a long series of things uh, and there's so many long series of things Um, so yeah again Evola I don't know Um, I've I just thought I'd take the opportunity while someone else was talking to see what's going on and um, see if there's something a bit more concrete about Castro was referring to a Damon And I quite like the idea. Oh, wall of text. I, I quite, yeah. I quite like the idea of um, sort of riffing just just like this on something I don't know about because I think that's, uh, I don't know. I, I, I like being in a place of not knowing anything because I think as soon as anybody seems to know anything about anything, uh, you just think, you end up thinking they're an idiot. So if you think I'm an idiot, to start with, then you're not gonna be disappointed. Um, now, uh, we've got this whole idea of uh, Damon. I think uh, it, it looks like Kastrup's um, into Jung. And again, I don't know very much about Jung. I haven't really studied Jung. Um, and I'm, I'm basically, I'm completely out of touch with uh, most sort of cultural things. Um, yeah, okay, Divine Beast says they don't know either. Uh, I think that not knowing is the thing. I mean, this is, I suppose, the thing. And if no one else wants to talk, and then I'm just gonna, um, yeah. I know Inish knows that that she doesn't know. Um, and I think knowing that we don't know stuff is quite important. And 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 listening to Kastrup, I quite enjoyed um, his um, talk until I thought, here's a guy who's starting to a little bit feel like he knows something, and. Uh, we can't kind of help ourselves, I guess, from feeling like we know something because otherwise you end up in this sort of state of almost impossible ambivalence and it can it can provoke, I think, anxiety a lot of the time. I know, I know that I feel that the extent to which I don't know anything makes me feel kind of anxious. Um, but at the same time, I feel like instead of defending myself against that anxiety um, with then starting to pretend that I know something, that I would rather try and reconcile this not knowing with some ability to feel sort of secure in that. Um, and at this time, and again, this is where, you know, we've, we've sort of talked about whether or not there's much of a benefit to uh, paying attention to, to world events, and I'm increasingly um, thinking that there isn't, but, you know, we want to sort of try and create a, a theory, or um, a sort of narrative in our own heads that we sort of feel like we know what's going on, and within the context of that, I mean, we're all collapse nicks um, if we don't want to use the label doomers. But you know, as people who've kind of come to a conclusion that's outside of the mainstream, we're we're in a situation where you do sort of risk feeling like you're knowing something, but we don't really know it, um, and uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. again I don't know where that's going because I I guess I need someone to jump in and, and uh sort of either bat back or whatever. Uh usually GS has something to say but today he's uh distracted. Um listen,
3: Ellie, do we want no, to
0: listen Bob? Mm-hmm. I think Tidy Bob, sorry. I mean they I think that what you said is extremely good on that uh video of Castro. Now some of us haven't, I've watched it, some of us hasn't. So it's a little bit difficult to exchange uh, in a group when not everybody has. You know, we've done that before and we've talked about a, a post on, on Reddit that was nice, that two of us liked and the other people hadn't looked at it. So it was the conversation. We would have needed to plan that in advance and that we would have taken notes or all of us watched that to talk about it. Uh, um, <clears throat> I, I think that this, uh, this video... Um, represents uh, uh, one in many uh, rare uh, insights of interesting people who are exploring the same things we are exploring really in a different way and probably with different approach. so we we're kind of going back on things that we've already we're familiar with when I, I felt when I listened to him a familiarity with what he was uh, talking about, I felt okay guy, yeah, I know what you mean. I've had this impulse, this irresistible, uh, irrational uh, thing that has completely changed my life uh, several times, twice at least in my life. So I know that there was no reason for it and there was no uh, outcome. Uh, I know exactly it resonated with me. But again, um, I don't know, can we really exchange all of us? Because before, between DB, myself, and maybe you, I don't know if you've watched it all, uh, Bob, um, uh, Ellie. and yeah. Going South is not there, so uh, it's difficult to continue to comment on, sure. on this, issue yeah. unless we, we had it streamed continuously and we stopped it every minute and commented on every page. Uh, so, um, if there is uh, there is one thing I think that we can get out of this, is that there's more and more people on on the internet now uh, that are sharing these, uh, these sort of uh, modern mental <sighs> I say not gurus but you know these sort of insights and uh, what I want to analyze a little bit is to see where he's going with this I don't know this guy you see it's just that that video just came out of the blue um, I don't know if this guy is a, is a guru I don't know is he got a lot of people that he's trying to get or is it just sharing his experience uh, does anybody know about him uh, because what I see in YouTube is uh, he's the executive director of Essentia Foundation. So um, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I have no idea. We, we get a lot of this stuff. I find a lot of this stuff in my feed too, because I'm interested in certain things. So I get and get directed to people who are using words that I'm probably that are probably in the algorithm in terms of ego reality meaning culture, and that gets a soup of people that will you know that will pop out uh, as alan watts does and and few other people like that, but we don't want to be too um i mean it's <sighs> I don't know there's so many of these people popping out now and uh it says a lot about the times we're in and i remember lord Hugh warning us about uh collapse times and uh the the rise of of different cults and we i want to be a bit critical there i don't want to i don't want to blacken the the message of bernardo because he's a he seems to be a very uh, genuine enthusiast guy but it would be interesting to to discuss this this um uh, this uh, appearance of 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 these cults in the times that we're in have you got any any of you got anything to to say about this because that's what he brought to my mind
1: he but he brought to mind about the the various cults that are popping up yeah yeah oh thank you g s yeah that was um that was very distracting having the um the chat come up there. Um, yeah, I mean, there there seems to. Be, I I don't know if the, is this a phenomenon just related to the fact that it's so easy to like do mass communication now in the sense that you know we're doing something that's being broadcast at least potentially to unlimited numbers of people. Um, you know, Hughes' um, outlook and narrative about things managed to reach a vast number of people that it probably wouldn't have in the absence of the internet and YouTube in particular. Um, Again, I don't know, somebody like Bernardo Castro. There's all these sort of various intellectual figures, I suppose, if you want to call them that. And then they do seem to have cult followings. Um, So yeah, there is a prevalence of cults, isn't there? And um, yeah, it's tempting, isn't it? It's tempting to get into following a cult, but obviously anybody who's following any other cult than the cult of Hugh is on the wrong path.
0: Well, when we were deciding, when we were calling ourselves a cult and Hugh was calling himself a cult leader, um, if my memory is good, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but we were going to use the dynamics of this um, to kind of fuel the ARC. Um, We were going to, because it was needed in in the framework of an ARC to have this type of dynamic. Um we had we were shown the examples of the two args that he talked about. And, and I don't know if you remember the, the conversations about this. Now, um, I'm not talking about this sort of cult. I'm talking about the ones that emerge in times of plagues and catastrophes and what we're facing now. And they can be they can be religious, they can be of any, any type. Um, the cult dynamic, and I was wondering if um, I see, I mean uh, all these all these so-called awakened people at the moment who are appearing on the internet, who are saying, well, I've seen the light now, and I'm awakened, I'm enlightened, and follow me um, are belonging to this sort of ancient sort of cult uh, dynamic that is not going to lead us to any nice uh, outcome, and I think that what Hugh was saying, and I really agree with that, is uh, that uh, you choose your cult carefully. Yeah, I think that my
1: my recollection or my impression of what Hugh's reference was is that he, and, and again, you know, the perspective would would change obviously. Or my perception of it may be changed, but on one hand, there was a sort of self-referential um idea of extinction Arty being a cult in a sort of humorous application of the idea it was a sort of um self-deprecating joke in a way and then there was the other um element of hugh talking about using the knowledge that all human uh interactions are cult-like in some way and then any group of human beings is ultimately a cult i think that that's what he was saying and um he's um he's basically wanted to maybe try and use the that natural dynamic or that natural tendency of of human gatherings to to do something positive with it which uh, i'm skeptical uh, that that's really possible and i think he was probably skeptical of that as well but that that's my recollection of what his take was so it was kind of a jokey thing on one hand and uh, at the same time sort of recognizing, because he I remember he used to say, you know, oh, everything is a cult, you know, Coca-Cola is a cult and the government is a cult and the army is a cult and the, I don't know, vegans are a cult and the, these people and those people, they're everyone's bunch of cults. And uh, I often think people are a bunch of cults as well, but maybe I don't always pronounce it exactly like that. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so, um, Yeah, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? And I I don't think that the extinctionati really manifested anything that cultish, really, because that's a bit like trying to herd cats.
3: Um, Of
0: course, I know what you mean, and it was tongue in cheek uh, when we were talking about it. It was (laughs) the humor was there, but and and it was knowingly using the word cult, the word cult to, but to explain. But don't forget the dynamic that was happening in the meetings when Hugh was there was was a bit of a cult dynamic. He used to be leading the the talks. He used to be, uh, you know, we we couldn't even intervene most of the time, and uh, most of the posts on the sub were from him. And he was leading kind of the the subjects of the day and the you know the subjects of the week or the meeting. Um, so, but but it was purposely done for helping maybe our personal development, um, psychological resilience in times of collapse, and uh, as you said, it was humorous and he was very humorous about it. Uh, It was not taken seriously, Uh, it was used. It's like it's Like uh, a tool that you that you use, and you don't let the tool use you. Um, uh, you know, it was an analogy a bit to the to the alien cortex too. You know, you can you can put a bit of alien cortex to facilitate your life and help you in a few things, but if it starts to take over, you're basically fucked. Uh, so and as we are, <laughs> uh, as yes, we are. I know, but uh, to come back to what I was saying about about the the cultish thing in uh, you see. Most people in a cult are not aware that they're in a cult, and that's what he was saying when he was talking about corporations, army, uh, things like that. You know it's uh, so i I looked a little bit on his um, that guy, Kastrup's uh, website, and uh, it's called the Essentia Foundation. There's a lot of very interesting intellectual things on physics, on uh, the nature of reality, quantum physics. Uh, there's there's plenty to read. Uh, you know uh, there's not uh, it doesn't have a lot of and i think uh, i'm going to look at it a bit better and and maybe report back when i've kind of studied it a bit because but that that video was for me the first part mostly was um um very good um he was sharing honestly an experience and he was kind of but on the other hand i'm always cautious so i want i want to look into it a bit more I'm going to I'm going to study a little bit his website. You see, it's like we've had a few people who have come up on the sub um, who have very kindly uh, shared very interesting videos and talks from people uh, that are on the in the internet. There, like, and I've gone a bit deeper and looked, and then I come back saying, "Oh, I don't know," you know. It ends up by that one is talking about aliens or UFOs. The other one will be. There's always something that you find out that suddenly is just. Uh... But on the other hand uh it was good material for conversation and we we've talked about this uh this impulse there that is that is that related to would that be related to the notion of synchronicity too what do you think
1: well that that's another Jungian yeah term, isn't it and he's written books about jung but i don't know anything myself but I mean synchronicity. Again, I've got the the loosest idea of what that means. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean I, th- that's the thing. I looked into this guy. I, I'm. I suppose the, the problem is for me. I'm just the more I listen to all this stuff, and the more I'm trying to explore. And you know, just to refer to DB saying, trying to get down to the truth is how to set people free. I think maybe looking for the truth might be liberating but finding the truth is um the opposite of that is is um is imprisoning or what's the opposite of liberating is stifling um and
0: well yes and that's what db says you can't really profit from the truth and that's why the problem is that that's the problem of the outcome okay i found the truth so now we're going to bid this we're going to do that you know it's uh, yes, I, I I can see what you mean. Um, yes, so you agree that synchronicity is related to these forces and uh, they're part of the same uh, the same circle of forces that exist beyond us and that act be- under, without our without our control without anything that we can explain and without any any aim or outcome. And that's why I was very intrigued by what that guy was saying because it really resonated in me, and I, I have experienced it firsthand. And I wonder if people here in the group have experienced firsthand these life-changing impulses, or in creativity, or in, in life in general. I'm not talking about falling in love or things like that, but I'm talking about really uh, impulses that have that you would have never thought would have happened, and that completely turned things upside down for you. Yeah, does it
1: it even have to be something that turns things upside down? No, not
0: necessarily, but, you know, that could just... Yeah, but not necessarily, you're right, but just something that happened uh, that you hadn't decided and that you were drawn to, that you couldn't resist, like if you were taken by a river.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think also... uh, I mean, can I just check, like... So the idea of synchronicity as well means when various events that are not obviously materially related seem to sort of correspond to each other is that right so when you uh, drive the car and all the traffic lights are green and you have a meaning meaningful sense that the universe is sort of acting uh synchronously with your will or with your needs or whatever is that do i understand that idea correctly that synchronicity okay well we'll that
0: synchronicity is, is, is a phenomenon that that are that you notice that will be happening at the same time in different conditions and with different but but they are happening at synchro means in greek soon chronos means at the same time
1: yeah but things that are happening at the same time that seem meaningful for happening yeah, at the same time. so exactly, when you have a sense yes. like Uh, I'm trying to think, actually, um, trying to think of an example. As I said, that was my many examples, like when the traffic lights all seem to be green at the time that your car is going through them is one example I would have thought. Or if, um, I don't know, when you go somewhere, yeah, I can't think of any examples. But basically, when those sort of magical things happen, that the universe seems to align in a particular way to make things happen that suit our needs or desires is that it yeah we need to, yeah come on db you must have an example of synchronicity ha- oh it happened to me in the office but uh, spent time with a wolf at a sanctuary before i went sorry i'm not reading that very sorry i'm i'm going to read out um from db yes i think synchronicity is related to the impersonal forces slash demons etc it happened to me in the air force before i got out I spent time with a wolf at a sanctuary before I went into the military. When I started going through training, all three squadrons I had in the air force were called wolf pack. Ah, yeah, that, that, I understand that. I really feel like wolves hurried me out of the military to be where I am now. So the, yeah, the sort of, that's that feeling that um, the forces of the universe are kind of aligning in a way that's meaningful to, to somebody yeah that's kind of curious so, I
0: don't even think it's it's you can even detect the meaning the, the, the meaning from this if I may say the the sense of it um, because you probably will see it uh, if it's a synchronicity maybe because you get a, you get a, a signal but the impulse that he was talking about and the, the impersonal forces he's talking about work in funny ways and uh, you can always try to rationalize them at the start and say, "I'm oh, doing this for this or that." But at the end of the day, it's a, it's 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 a force of nature that is that is pulling you or that is pushing you or that is carrying you, and uh, there's not necessarily a meaning that you can grasp in it. And I, the humility of the of what he said about this was very striking because uh, it's an egoless process. If You know what I mean,
1: yeah. You had to sort of, yeah, you had to you let, let your ego out of it. You also. have
0: to surrender, you have to accept. You can't, uh, it's not you that's acting, it's not you that's working, it's something much bigger that's working there. And you won't even, you can't interpret it, you can't put a meaning, you just, you are just in it.
1: And so, yeah, so for some, however incomplete our understanding, or certainly mine, is of. of of this notion though there's something that's resonating with us and maybe within the context of the narrative that we're interested in um is is this i mean i suppose to me yeah i don't know really i suppose i i need to really think about how this this applies to this scenario but i suppose when we're, we're talking about mechanisms for strengthening ourselves internally uh, do you have some idea of how listening to this Um, impulse might be useful to us. Um, I guess I would suggest maybe something like as events uh, cause society to change, maybe this kind of um, uh, allowing this impulse to guide us might be a useful tool
0: but I'm, maybe it's it's not cold. in terms of usefulness that we should think of that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's like we're in a game, and you take a, a kind of a gamble on something, and you just uh, you just go with that. And I I don't think we need to, to 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 find any use. Or if we start to think that way, we're entering a, a dangerous territory. Um, oh, you have to go, Bob. Okay, so going south is somewhere else. Bob is, I don't know, probably gone somewhere. DB cannot talk. Um, So it's me and you, Ellie. Um, So (laughs) are you still there? Uh, This is a funny meeting. Uh, Okay. Uh, So while we're having a recess there, I wanted to uh, share with you an idea I had. I'm still here. Oh, good, good. I exchanged a message with um, with Going South the other day, or yesterday or the day before, because we're coming up uh, in a month um, to the anniversary of um, Hugh's death, which was on the 17th of February. And um, I was wondering, um, uh, do you want to do something special, like a meeting about it, or do you want to just leave it and we do ourselves our little personal thing, or? Um, I don't want to be pompous and ceremonial and not that sort of stuff because it's not really his style, but of course we all remember him and we might remember him in our hearts, you know, in our own little place and we don't have the I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. uh, Yeah, I think think that could be nice
2: to just maybe, well, just maybe everyone can, uh, we can just have a meeting and people can uh, Reflect on uh, Hugh's uh, impact on their on their life through through that time. It was quite a I think it's quite a poignant. I, I I'm still like yeah, reeling from it. Really, I've <laughs> I've had such big changes in my life in the last three maybe well no, really four years. Really, from uh, like splitting up with a long term partner and then that was kind of just and that was sort of really came to a head kind of literally just before covid and then obviously we had I think I found Hugh's channel in 2019 kind of in the middle of when I was going through that breakup and that was kind of it was just also it was it really spoke to me all of his sort of logic and his thinking on where we're at and um and then, obviously, joining the, you know, the meetings started kind of... I guess I started joining them, yeah. It was kind of right around when the lockdown started, I, I from what I remember. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it could be quite interesting to, yeah, have a little... And then, of course, yeah, obviously, all through COVID and the different... All the the sort of formation of the group, as it were, like you know, the meetings and... But especially... You have to remember, there might be... I mean, there probably isn't that many people listening to us these days, but people might be interested to know. I don't know. Um,
4: Yeah, I was Not not a lot of people
2: said anything, really. It was quite... I think a lot of people were like, oh, what happened? And I don't know. I don't think any of us really wanted to talk that much, but that was my impression.
4: I was thinking that uh, we were so lucky to have... uh, Or lucky, I don't know, luckiest of the word, but uh, in any case, uh, we had... Uh, a live uh, show uh, when when you you know was hit by by the blood clot or the, the thing right and and so so he was actually talking with a special guest I think on a wednesday show or something uh, when he, he he just disappeared from us right uh, he just went offline uh, and so I was planning for myself to to, to watch that recording. You know to process what, what had happened, but I never did, and I think that's kind of an emotional reason uh, that I didn't. Uh, so, so I was just thinking that maybe watching that half hour or full hour—I I don't even know how long the recording was—but but maybe watching the, you know, maybe watching the last uh, twenty minutes or something. Of you being live with us, uh, and then just uh, disappearing from our lives. Uh, even though he 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 was sick, and then died like uh, five to ten days later. Uh, so I was just thinking that might be a way to kind of process it, and we could, you know, uh, play and pause and play, and and let uh, uh, different members. Uh, reflect or talk about it so that's just a a suggestion that i throw out there
0: yeah i like it i like it because it's a tribute and yeah when he disappeared it was he disappeared after about 30, 40 minutes, and we continued a little bit, but we said after that that we were going to interrupt it because we were not. I think I was there, and there was a few of us, and we were not prepared to interview the guy recluse that he was talking to, and it was a guy, they were a specific subject that they were going to talk about, and nobody was prepared, so we shortened the, the meeting, and we we were hoping that Hugh would come back online, and of course he never did. Uh, but, yeah, so it wouldn't be that long, and we could... We could um, yeah, I, I can understand what you're saying that it, it's very emotional to watch that last, uh, the last uh, online meeting. Um, I, I actually haven't watched it in a long, long time. I watched it, I don't know how many times, uh, when he disappeared because we didn't know what had happened at the time. So I was trying to find clues. <laughs> I was trying to find if there was not many in black who had come to yeah, take absolutely. him away or something. Uh, but after that, I left it in the corner because, uh, yeah, emotionally it was. And I, I'm the same as you, uh, Tom. I'm still. I'm still really, you know, it takes a long time when you lose somebody like that, um, It's it takes a long time, even after a year, you still miss him and, you know, you're still gra- grateful, grateful, immense gratitude for, for what he has uh, started um, and the process he has started, at least that is an impulse that he has given uh that is uh that is that is continuing um even though we're not we're not doing at all the same things we were doing when he was there, but we're still uh on his trajectory and uh yeah thank you uh, thank you uh, going south i really uh think it's a good idea um to start with, and if anybody has got any other idea, I didn't have any because you mentioned that one to me, and I thought that would be good. I didn't think of anything else apart from personal things um but as of now, what is the 17th of February? Is it, um, is it a weekday or is it? Let me have a look on the calendar. Uh, February, February, wait a second now, 17th. It's a Friday, so no. So it could be the weekend, uh, the 19th after that, the meeting that's after that. And we could, we could do what you said if you wanted to, to, to do that. Is there anybody out there? <laughs> so, D.B., you say you associate uh, a song with um, with Hugh. Let uh, me see what it is. Sleeping at Last. Oh. Yeah, Sleeping at Last. Mm. I won't listen to it now, but I will listen to it later on. Yeah. Um, Gary sent me a beautiful poem from uh, Walt Whitman um, on the same subject. I'll post the link uh, in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that sounds good. Um, anybody uh, wants to continue on the subject of what we are talking about before? Mm, on uh, the... Oh, Walt, yeah, Walt is, Walt Whitman is my, one of my, is my favorite American poet. Definitely, definitely. I discovered him very young and he really speaks to me. Um, It's, it's not only speaks, he speaks to my heart immediately. It goes straight to the heart.
1: I have a terribly hard time with poetry myself because I don't know what it means (laughs) a lot of the time anyway. What do you mean, what do you mean you don't know what it means? Well it's a sort of, it's not the same as like um, I don't know, how how do you say that? What does it mean? You know, poems, are, they're funny, isn't it? You're never quite sure what they're, well, I'm never quite sure what they're saying. It's a sort of music, isn't it? Where if you try and understand the words.
0: That's uh, just what D.B. has written. Poetry is like music. Oh, uh, right,
1: okay, there you go. Yeah,
0: it is, that's what it is. And that's exactly. why it can, it can reach uh, levels that, that are not, uh, can, can't be reached by prose because it's so connected to music. It's the, it's the, it's the, the musical side of the language, which mm-hmm. is completely different to the, the other use of language, which is usually reductionist or rational. So it's it's like perverting the language's purpose to a, a higher purpose, you know?
1: Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. So I
1: remember in school they used to try and explain poems by making break it down into elements of this, and it oh, was yeah. horrible... It's dreadful. Um, Scientific process, and I think that
0: that's dreadful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I I posted that that poem there, um, Captain, my captain. Mm -hmm. So there you go.
3: (laughs) Mm.
1: I I I know that something to do with a film called The Dead Poets Society, but I didn't know the whole poem. Oh. And that was a schmaltzy sort of thing. So, yeah. Well, yeah, I suppose. I suppose you need to read it out loud, then, don't you? Really, you shouldn't read a poem. Is that right?
0: No, and they to you, you know. You should. She should listen to. I think my my favorite way of of uh, encountering poetry is uh, readings, when somebody reads a poem, or when it's the poet itself. But uh, it's totally different than reading it in a, in a book or uh, this. What well, for personally is my favorite. That's why I can understand the. The relation with music because suddenly when you read a poem you get the rhythm you get everything you just get it whole you don't you know what i mean i don't know if i can explain well what i mean tonight i'm just uh... <laughs> yes it's lyrical mm. so we have uh We have not, we have stopped talking about Bernardo Castro, because in fact, uh, the second part, I mean, the first part was very interesting because it brought on the idea of of, uh, nature working through you with impulses. The other part was much more, the second part was much more things that we have talked about a lot. And I didn't find anything new in what he was saying, except another man who's trying to to make sense of certain things and who's trying to get uh, to know himself better and who's, who's following. So that I, I, I think it might be, a, it might be just the moment to, to stop talking about that, that thing. Um, is there any other things that, um, because this week, um, I don't know, I don't listen to the news anymore at all, because I have too much to do with, um, Putting up with the weather and my daily life. And also, I'm not really, don't want to listen to the news. And I'm not on social media, so I can't bring you nice new things about what's going on in the world. But I was discussing with Tidy Bob um, the Chinese um, onslaught of COVID cases uh, in the last couple of weeks uh, and the millions of cases that are happening and the bizarre way that um, the Chinese government and party made a U-turn on their policies of zero COVID and and the immediate response, which was travel uh, allowed, work allowed, and then uh, circulation of a virus that's causing a lot of deaths and a lot of infections and probably a lot of effects on the Chinese. Uh, on the Chinese economy and Chinese daily life. So, uh, have you heard anything um, more than I have on that subject? Because I'm kind of wondering what is the agenda there from the Chinese authorities. What happened? Yeah, I'm
2: I'm wondering about this as well. Like I can't get my head around it. But I, the only thing that I can draw a parallel with is the on like the geopolitical level when you see that what's happening that China and um, Saudi Arabia and Russia and all of the BRICS countries seem to be you know gearing up for this this rapidly separating world where they're they're moving to start doing deals together I mean you had uh, the you had Xi in Saudi Arabia. You know, they brought out all of the pomp and ceremony, and when Biden went, he just got—he barely got like a high five or something. <laughs> and and um, you know, the the world is realigning before our eyes. Well, it already, I suppose you could say, with the in the last year with the whole Ukraine situation, that China is now looking to do deals elsewhere and the whole Silk Road thing, and and maybe. It's part of the sort of kicking the nuts into the, you know, the supply chain side for for things that the West needs. I I don't know if that's kind of like that's maybe it's like the sort of sabotage. And then of course all the economics where of of the you know how they've basically done so Saudi Arabia have the oil Uh, and resource economics you know all of that is being aligned so that they're all starting to do so we're moving towards like a petro yuan as opposed to the petrodollar so you know that that would kind of maybe make sense that 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 is part of the strategy i don't know like i don't think you can believe anything that's coming out of china in terms of like what their reasoning uh, you know when their official line is whatever that is about covid deaths and the severity of the covid i don't i mean why would it be i don't understand it originated there why would it suddenly be worse than i mean we're all over it is it because Is the i guess the mainstream media line from the west is that their vaccine was no so good
1: i i, I mean it, yeah i just think well, that's that they're, what they're just, saying isn't it that the chinese yeah. vaccine was shit but i thought they're saying now that this vaccine is shit yeah I don't, yeah, this is, this brings back this whole, who knows, no one, what is, what is going on here? This is really the thing. What the fuck is going on? I thought we weren't dealing with this. What the fuck is going on? And this is where Kastrup, lost <laughs> this me. is
0: coming back to last week. Kastrup,
1: <laughs> <laughs> he then speculates that he's got some idea of what's going on. And that's the point at which I thought, no, you're a nincompoop. Um, <laughs> and, Um, Okay. Yeah, Ellie, come on, throw us something here. What the fuck is going on? Is there something called COVID? Is there a vaccine? Is the Uh vaccine really trying to wipe out humanity? Is COVID going to wipe out humanity? Because there seems to be like these contingents of people. And I mentioned this to Inish the other day, I think, where it seems like all the people who have um, what I mean, first of all, a lot of people that I consider—not that I'm considering myself some sort of authority on the matter—but people that I consider who really have insight into lots of topics, then seem to be completely unfucking hinged about COVID, and. There seems to be a contingent of people who still think COVID is like the end of the world and saying, oh, we should be masking and there's long COVID and this is terrible and it's awful and blah, blah, blah. And then there's this other contingent of people going, there's no COVID, stop worrying about it. Who gives a shit about it? It's all finished and it's passed and blah, 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 blah. And you need to worry about the vaccines, not the, the illness. And that's it. I have no way of gathering myself some perspective on anything around this whole scenario, and China suddenly decided to like let everybody die, or what the hell? I don't, you didn't have COVID.
0: I'm is on.
1: Well, I? Can, I can definitely agree with that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Ellie, you're, you're in the UK where COVID officially is neither here nor there, but everybody I know is ill all the time. People got re- respiratory illnesses, um, everybody who's taking the vaccine... Oh I am being uncareful with You this work. you
0: are you are reflecting you are Everyone's reflecting having a heart attack. Y- you are totally reflecting what DB is saying about the fact that uh, we are slowly collapsing everywhere and we don't understand what's going on because it's collapsing. So China China's plan we were we were discussing that uh, China China's uh, belt and road plan is collapsing Due to supply chains and disruptions, due to all sorts of factors, so they had to get people back to work because the economy is collapsing. So they they let people go back to work, and then COVID hits. Here, we're, we we are, we're dealing with denial uh, denial of being taken for a ride, most of us, and also of uh, a collapsing health system everywhere that's not mm-hmm. even able to face to. Face the normal amount of, of sick people that are presenting themselves sick because of our our global industrial civilization. Most of them, so we, we're in this spiral of collapse. So what we are, we're spectators of this spiral of looking at things going down, and we don't know what's going on because yeah, it's,
2: it, it's it's information overload. It's it's complexity. Um, you know, a complex system which then creates, you know, which creates its own problems, which then feed into other, you know, complex problems. And this is what, the COVID is like the perfect storm of our fragile society, like our just-in-time society. But I don't I don't know if it's helpful to get to, um, like, yeah, go down the 4D chess rabbit holes too much now. I've given up. Try, I think, yeah, there's still a lot of people that are like, you know, wasting a lot of time in thinking like that i think it's it's a very um multi-layered set of so you could start dividing it into yeah like i mean clearly like it it probably was you know something that got accidentally got out of a lab i think we can say that but then like i mean this why why i mean why i'm saying i'm questioning saying oh i don't know if china is deliberately now like actually just locking people up just to screw the economy i mean who knows i haven't really bothered spending time thinking what use does that do but i would say i think it it it, kind of you could see that that could be a thing, but then, I don't know, everything (laughs) there's so many, you could just spend endless time on the internet it's like the information overload on all this kind of stuff is just, you're never going to know, like, you know (laughs) it's a bit like, you know we have this idea of like, we tell ourselves stories about historical events like the Second World War and things and people still cling on to all the narrative around that and we seem to have clung on to it so much that now it's almost like this myth about who we are as a nation in the UK and things and I clearly it's not all true the way that you were told in history books. so like I don't know what yeah but I I think from our point of view it's just like yeah just watch and marvel at the craziness of it all I mean it's pretty incredible times to be living but I don't think you'll ever be able to make sense of it all so I guess you just have to focus on yeah the things that are important now and trying to not yeah get sucked down the rabbit hole too much um but yeah i don't know it's lovely i that's why i did love hugh because he had so many crazy rabbit holes it was just like oh my god like where do you go next it's you know and the guests sort of made it more real didn't they because a lot of these people that we spoke to were you know kevin and people i mean what happened to him i don't even has anyone seen his channel really lately what does he think
1: he's joined zelensky i think (laughs) (laughs) those are the people after his own heart i think but no hugh's genius for spinning narratives um that was something else because it it had this for me a combination of sort of familiar themes that i knew about um but also bringing in new angles and yeah that's that's so rare i mean the um the question that comes up is is it worth like just really actively disengaging from any of these narratives now yeah i don't think hugh was that bound was he i think he was quite flippant about contradicting his own uh stories and that made it even more interesting and intriguing but should she, yeah do, uh, i mean uh, obviously uh, i for one um not wanting to speak for anybody else but i have not even a shred of a molecule of hugh's verbal and intellectual capacity and uh, just thinking whether it's probably a good idea i think sort of trying to disengage from everything no
2: yeah yeah Hugh was something else wasn't he i i think the funniest thing actually just just popped into my head about the the last thing i heard um because i hadn't really heard much of that everything's just been so you know like focused on strikes nhs the war in ukraine I was, like, I was quite amazed, I didn't know there was that, um, oh, which MP was it? It was in the news the other day um, he's been like fully suspended and he's just recently <laughs> been tweeting that uh, COVID is a genocide, the vaccine is all, you know, designed to take out, you know, it's a new holocaust and he's been like fully removed from his, you know, he's under investigation or like basically, you know, had some disciplinary, I, I can't remember who it is though, but I was like, bloody hell, that was like It's quite something that, you know, an active, you know, MP in Parliament was because you had a few people standing up, you know, during the whole lockdown thing. And there was a there was some very strident few of them, but they were there um, trying to think who they were now. And they were they were mainly speaking out against the craziness of the lockdowns. You know, that it was destroying businesses and just just the absolute, you know, um, complete. Over the topness about it, you know, like how you know, basically locking up all the, the healthy, you know, um, and 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 just the restrictions. Uh, but but this was, yeah, this was like another level. This guy was like, yeah, he he'd fully been down the rabbit hole, so to speak, and was, yeah, going with the full bore, you know, narrative that it is actually a bioweapon and all this kind of thing. <clears throat>
1: A guy called Andrew Bridgen. Andrew I don't, Bridgen, that's it. No idea yeah. who he is. Yeah. I don't know if he's a Tory or Labour. Not that that is a distinction I think he might anymore. Have been Tory, not that yeah. it ever was. Um, but yeah, there was a guy called Malhotra who got on the BBC recently and was interviewed and said some something about the vaccines not being that brilliant. And there's been a massive backlash about that as well. How could the BBC allow such a thing? Mm, mm. um, but yeah, again, nobody's. Yeah, there's no, there isn't, there isn't any, anything you can get a grip on here at all. Yeah, so as Inish is saying, things are just collapsing. Uh, yeah, I mean, if I you were saying, yes.
2: Sorry. Yeah, I mean, if you were being really cynical, you would say, well, you know, if if you, if you um, think there's like some dastardly plan here, then, I mean, particularly in this country, perfect storm like yeah obviously pandemic lockdown the whole population and then you completely fuck the NHS because it's just exacerbated the problems the pressure it was already under because you you have now you know delayed all of those people who should have been treated for things you know two years ago so you've just added a pile more you know um patients to the list and so it's just you could say was that a deliberate policy to to finally destroy it i mean you know you can get, there's just so many but i just don't think that uh, particularly politicians they're not competent enough i mean yeah okay there's like super wealthy people are but i just don't think that human beings are actually that competent to yeah there's people that have got certain goals and they try different things but if anything, this whole plan that the the WEF, the World Economic Forum, were sort of talking about. I mean, how's that going to pan out now? That you know we've just literally kicked ourselves and shot ourselves in the foot. We've cut ourselves off of the world's biggest energy supply. We've stolen all the money that they had in our economy, and they've said, "Okay, <laughs> see you later." So now they're going to line, and we're going to. We're going to be the poorer for it in in the future, you know, I mean, in in what's left of, of the resource wars, and it could lead to nuclear war. I mean, it's not looking good, is it? Every flipping day, we're sending more weapons, more tanks if we get this really cold snap coming in Ukraine in the next for the remainder of the winter, I think some people think there's going to be a full on cold snap. Cause I think it has been relatively mild Then maybe Putin will send more tanks in and you can see what he's doing though. He's playing the long game in terms of destroying Ukraine's energy. Um, and it is, I think he's even said it is a direct war against the West. It's not about Ukraine. It's about kicking America in the nuts and getting them out of Europe but that could easily escalate so dangerous dangerous situation
1: <clears throat> yeah the americans could start a nuclear war and i think the plan is to get the <clears throat> european industrial sector to move to america in the last gasp of the american empire so you can drop europe in the shit there um all the car companies and you know heavy industry will move to america because their energy is affordable and Europe becomes a sort of backwater. But in a way, that's a good thing. I mean, I'm looking forward to see how England...
2: But America is... doesn't have any... Um, America doesn't have the right type of oil. They don't have that, the heavy, thick stuff anymore. Like, all of this, this decent oil is, yeah. is not... Who it's has not that? in America. Uh, I, th- I think, it, well, a lot of it is in Russia, and uh, some in the Middle East now. I, but the... the and it's not, and not. they, they is it could. possible
1: that the Americans don't don't know that well enough, and they're deluding themselves? Well, it's cut everything, and then die. Oh yes, please. I think
2: it's more just. It's more just actually that the the market demands. Like I heard this oil. I don't know if I posted that. There was that guy, but Art Berman, and he was saying it's just like basically what you need the investment you, to just suddenly re gear like the whole refinery. Uh, they, they've got like huge refineries there but they would have to like change the whole um, sector to, to start refining for that you know heavy uh, oil um, which the, the I think in the last you know however long they've just had that decent you know sort of nice gloopy sort of like much much lighter oil that it was they could do a lot with but they've run out of that good stuff so the stuff they have is like tar sands which is obviously that was a boom and bust wasn't it there's not actually you don't get that much from it um and and then obviously the the heavier stuff which they're not geared for so it's just economics like you'd have to plow you know billions into to it and
1: that's the guy uh, who was on hagen's recently yeah yeah Yeah. okay but it's quite
2: interesting yeah when you start looking at all these layers of like geopolitics it's like it's all just it's not really i don't think it's helpful to look at all this conspiracy shit just like look at how we're just it's just like how it's the the, the deck of cards is just stacking up against us uh it, it it's just you know how it again it's this complex systems that are fracturing uh everywhere it's it's literally collapse, isn't it i suppose <clears throat> um I don't know. It's probably because I'm a bit of a like an economicsy sort of like I like watching these sort of people who have these geopolitics. They have a big background on history and geopolitics, and it's quite helpful to sort of see where this is all going by listening to those people, <clears throat> um, whether or not they're right or wrong. They might, they might be wrong. I don't know. Well,
0: I think that what we were learning a bit like when the meetings were. Well, with you is number one not to get involved in politics and not to get embroiled in all that game and to have an outsider view that was coming from an extinctionity point of view of we're doomed but how is this going to play out mm. um, we're watching for the signs of managed extinction as we have been warned that could happen and we've mm. we've, we've managed to to detect them in certain operations that happened for the, over the last two years. But also, that's why I brought up the subject of China, because an enormous machine like the, the Chinese Communist Party, um, making a U-turn of such a, a size, like because for months we were hearing COVID zero and we were seeing people being imprisoned and people being locked into their houses and everything, couldn't go to work uh, couldn't travel in the world around the world the the, the economy of China was fine and suddenly bang so those are the things like this is not because I'm interested in politics or in information it's just because this is a symptom of the absurdity of of what is of is happening in a collapse because mm-hmm. there is absolutely no rational explanation of what chef China is doing at the moment I can't I, I I've read a lot of things I, I cannot find anything it's just All the journalists are observing it, and actually, that's what journalism should be: it's just reporting, um, not analysing. Are those, Um,
2: sorry, Sophie, are those reports? Are those reports coming that you're seeing? Are they all like independently verified? I mean, is that just what? Because this is the thing they always say: you can never trust what's coming out of China. So it's like, how do you know? Maybe that's what the Chinese state wants the outside to think, and I mean granted like it's hard for them to like have a full iron curtain they can't these days it's almost impossible it can't with the internet the game, but...
0: I agree with you that's why I wanted to bring up the subject because mm-hmm. to me it seems so absurd but and I've checked the source from different. I've, I've looked at it from different sources they're very reluctant in giving numbers but they had to uh, with the, the millions of COVID cases that are coming up uh, but yeah you're right it, whatever we know on China is always whatever they want you to know. Um, it's it's true. It's true. But it seems that the size of the infection over there, that is is very difficult to fake, like the size mm. of the lockdowns in China. There was always people managing to film and to, 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 to manage to get little videos out and stuff like that. So what I'm getting is just uh, nine million cases at the moment. That's what I got today. <laughs> I know it's not maybe not much for the size of the population, but it's a lot if you think that they uh cancel the COVID zero in a new year. Like
3: hmm.
0: uh, I'm not any I'm no specialist, but I I've I'm I'm witnessing um uh, something that is absurd. And it's one another another one. Another one like the proxy war in Ukraine. Um, like what you said about the the sacrifice of energy (laughs) that Europe is paying for the the heavy price for now all these things are symptoms of of the collapse that's happening and there's no there's no point in trying to to find make sense of it and that's what I think you know we're there
1: yeah Then is there a way for us to sort of direct our filters back towards the the internal processes that we're going through because it's Absolutely. very difficult to resist this sort of discussion of events and maybe we're are we sort of uh being avoidant of like maybe we need to learn martial arts or something instead or i, I don't mm-hmm. know what, some some people here i know are gardening already that's not something i'm doing um I don't know do we want to focus on self-work and making sure that everybody's growing some tomatoes and Mm.
0: uh yeah yeah that's true but there's also the we we have and we have touched it on several occasions and we did at the beginning of the meeting because if we resonated with uh, bernardo castro it's because we are still all of us kind of focused on on uh, on resilience psychologically mentally and spiritually so Yes, uh, that's that's much more important than than the. But still, um, I think that it's part of survival to, to watch the waves that are coming. Uh, you can't be totally uh, in your little cabin, and uh, you know, like you said, there's no escape. Uh, you know, one day they'll come for you. So uh, yeah, we need to go down uh, to much deeper layers. I think to to um, to prepare.
1: Yeah, I know I'm not resilient, for one, so that's one of the things that I'm looking for. I don't think so. That's the thing. Maybe maybe we don't know how resilient we are.
0: But what is resilience? Uh, we, we talked about it for a long time. We've talked about uh, deep adaptation. We've talked about uh, intense knowledge of yourself. We've talked about the 12 uh, extinctionity things, but it's, again, it's, again, uh, it's again uh, welcoming collapse and 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 at the same collapsing with the collapse I must say but at the same time uh, finding uh, finding the love of life uh, in the middle of all that you know um and uh, is this a vast subject?
3: <laughs> but mm. That's
0: resilience. Resilience is not a prepper. I don't see that as resilience.
1: Oh, no, I don't think there's any material resilience to be sought, right? because it do, that doesn't make any sense, does it? That someone's going to, uh,
0: well, someone's going to well, nick your
1: stash of lentils.
0: No, it it does make sense. I, I I don't agree with you, because it makes sense if you think of your neighbours, if you think of other people, because you can always provide help for other people. We're in this collectively, we're, we're not on our own, and uh, every one of us has something to provide, to give, to help. So, uh, again, we have to, to think about what we, can, uh, what we can do for ourselves, but what we can contribute to the people around us. And uh, what we're doing at the moment is, is, is that. But it's also in our neighbour, in our immediate neighbourhood. Um, when you're going to see people being cold and hungry and sick, uh, you're not going to just say, oh, i well, sure it's collapsed, like, you know. <laughs> oh, let's go and meditate. Do you know, you're going to be compelled to feed or to. Heal? Oh no no
1: no no no! I'm going to fucking go. go. <laughs> I'm off to meditate. Thank you very much. We try to. I mean, this is this is the. I mean, I don't know what Ellie thinks about this being a fellow Englander. Um, well, he's more of an Englander than I am, but I have a I have a real profound sense of schadenfreude um towards the British public at the moment because. They were told from the 80s that the health service that they allegedly love so much is going to be dismantled. There was solid uh, insight into the subject and all they did was went, nah, no one's going to touch our NHS. You can't do anything to our NHS. (laughs) No one's going to allow you to do anything to the NHS. And now there's no NHS and there's people dying in corridors. And... uh, I do dislike myself for uh, thinking this and even saying it even more, but I think, well, fuck off, just fuck off, drop dead already. I don't care, and you know, mm-hmm. I kind of don't care if I drop dead either. Um, from that project, I don't mean that in a, a, a nihilistic way, as such, but as in I accept the fact that the perceived uh, system that's supposed to keep me alive. Um, is 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 not there? I don't like them anyway. But you know, in the event of a medical emergency, I'll be crying for a doctor. I'm sure. But there's something about it that titillates me that it's gone to shit, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm low on sympathy, and I need to work on that. Ali? Uh, yeah,
2: I I kind of see what you're saying. It's it's uh yeah, it's really quite. Shocking how bad uh, our supposed leaders and government are, but this is this is it isn't it this is what you know we all know as like a lot of you like, i don't know if I'm a complete died in the wall anarchist per se but but i i mean I generally like yeah I'm very suspicious of the state and i I fully agree with all of the you know these ideas that the state just gradually naturally tends to make our lives worse because ultimately it's about control. It's control of it's this Hobbesian bargain that we made, that we didn't ever sign, you know, this contract. We just came into this world and then obviously you're sort of like, the state says that, you know, if, if it wasn't there, then we'd all resort to this barbarism and, you know, And they're there to impose these laws and things. And because we're all just, I mean, it just, it it does make me sick. I I couldn't believe it. You know, last night there's a T there's a thing on TV, a flipping advert for the NHS, you know, and you're like, geez, like just the contradictions in the clown world we're living in now. is just insane. Like, um, but the problem is most people just, they just don't understand like that it could be a hell of a lot better if we had less of this control over our lives. If, if uh, you know, I'm not saying it would be perfect. It never would, would it? Of course it wouldn't. But, um, what, what point did it go so badly wrong? I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it was ever, ever, it was never perfect, but it was just, it, it, there was a point when it surely you had a balance, like maybe just before the first world war, I mean, if you listen to like people like Hitchens, they say that it was after the First World War that it all went to shit in this particular country. Anyway, you didn't you used to have to have a passport before then, and obviously um, there were there were other things you didn't have, and there were poor houses and there were debtors' prisons and things. But I mean, at least you could travel around and you were fairly free. And these days, everywhere you go, you feel like you're a Fucking criminal, like you're treated like you're assumed to be a criminal, and every action you take, um, <laughs> it's disgusting, it's truly disgusting. But I don't know, yeah. So I suppose you just have to rejoice that it's all coming apart at the seams now, and hopefully, that, yeah, uh, the, the sooner the better. Um, I mean, everything has to die, doesn't it? And this is what we're watching, we're watching our world die, so yeah. I don't know. Sorry, that's a bit <laughs> misanthropic, but that's all I have to say on that. I don't know. I don't think there's any. Yeah. Yeah, but I remember. Subject. I remember
0: an interview that uh, when Hugh was still around that we had with uh, Susan Green from Deep Green Resistance Ireland, and she said something similar to what you're saying now, uh, Little Englander, um, uh, saying Gaia is dying. Our mother is dying," and she said yeah, okay, she's dying, but you're not just going to grieve, you're going to just also stand up and try to to do something to the people who have killed her. And, you know, just sitting there saying, okay, we're going down, uh, we're going to be in, uh, in a cabin, we're going to be in uh, this, we're going to do uh, grow tomatoes, or we're going to just, you know. Uh, yeah, okay, but there is still things to, to give sense and to make fun in life and to enjoy life, which is, uh, mm. Just uh, answering to this because mm. um, you can't. I mean, that's, um, maybe I'm talking to myself, but I, I've been, I've been in my life, I've been a doctor. Okay, so that's I have, I have in me a certain gift of of uh, helping people who suffer. So I know that it's a bit in my nature, and I mean, in collapse, I will not just be in my little isolated house with my stock of food. I'm going to see probably people who are going to not get any treatment from hospitals and things like that because everything is falling apart. So I, I, I even if I am getting I'm getting old now, I won't be able to have all the energy I had to 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 treat people. But I know that it will come naturally to me to think, well, I'm I'm going, we're all in the same boat. We're going to go down, we might just go down without suffering too much. And helping people to suffer less is not a bad thing to do. Uh, I'm just sharing what I'm thinking. I'm not saying that that's how you should um, face collapse, but we all have, uh, I mean, we all have a a kind of a a common point with anarchy here in this group. And anarchy uh, is not just a rejection of, of hierarchy and power, it's also mutual aid. And the dimension of mutual aid um, uh, might sound uh, a bit uh, either moralistic or or religious, or I don't no, know.
2: No, yeah, don't get me wrong. I, I think uh, yeah, you know, maybe uh, it, Bob it's was. A lot.
0: It's you can't you can't just put that aside and and say well you know uh it's it's all going to go to shit. uh the titanic is is sinking so i agree champagne or let's kill everybody or just watch it and and meditate you know you're going to be faced with with things that are going to be on your front door especially if you're in england and a the city uh, but even in the countryside to a certain extent because that's where people are going to run um if they can if you look at all the stories of uh, famines and catastrophes and the collapse of the, uni- of the Soviet Union, I, I have a friend, a Russian friend, who explained to me what it was when she was a child on the farm with her parents and she saw people coming out from the cities to try to find food. And, you know, it, it, those uh, practical things will happen like that. And uh, there's a lot to think about in those lines, you know, because it's not just what we, we are comfortably in front of our laptops to uh, watching China collapse and the, the covid and the this and the that it's, it's it's it could happen very suddenly
2: yeah i agree it's completely um sophie it's um it will come to visit you sooner than you think but i and i i don't i think maybe um well i hope i didn't come across i think bob maybe is showing some frustration i wouldn't i don't think it's yeah it's definitely not right to take to sort of sit here in glee at, at that at all it, it it's terrible because it's like oh, no, yeah. it's all, it's not, we're it's all brought really up in mean, this world, and it's the way it's, things are. But yeah. but it's um yeah, it's definitely about. Um, but uh, you won't I, anyway.
0: You'd be faced with it anyway, practically. So mm. it's it's. I mean, I've thought about that sometimes too. And uh, going on top of a mountain and just letting everything go. But I mean, it's not going to be possible, and it's not going to. Happen. No. And you're gonna mm-hmm. you can. Not you can, on a right, top of a mountain, just, no. Even when Hugh was on his boat, he knew well what his dream was: is to get a flotilla and, uh, and have a lot of boats together, going to help each other. And even if the uh, if if a tsunami happened, well, at least you won't be on your own, you know. And uh, it's it's that that's it. That's what it is. That's what we're doing now. We are not alone. We're yeah, I, on a tiny scale, but nobody is. You're never alone.
2: No, I think the thing that scares me most is kind of just. The last point I just wanted to make before I'm going to have to shoot, unfortunately, was just about on on that. The the shocking thing about that state control uh, over our lives is is when you you look at this situation now and you think, well, people are so reliant and they're so nannied that it does make it does worry me like that that, that whole managed extinction situation because I just do worry that people will just willingly do what they're told to the bitter end and I I can see that that sort of shocking um, video that Hugh made about those situations that have been shown in history before, you can just see how easily that can happen. I think that's the most sort of worrying thing. Almost
1: guaranteed.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think that's the, and and I do completely agree that it's all about, as you say, helping each other in these uh, dark times so yeah and with that i've got to go unfortunately but uh, lovely to chat to you all and uh, see
3: you soon goodbye nice
0: talking to you no no, don't get me wrong uh, uh, bob i didn't mean that that was your position but what i mean is there's an aspect that we don't even realize when things come practically on you know it, we 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 can have an idea about ourselves and about our process uh, our our capacities and our talents and things like that but it's it's like that man said in the in the video we talked about at the start you know uh, sometimes things happen, and you cannot, you 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 absolutely cannot resist. And I think that's what's going to happen for some people, and hopefully for quite a lot. It's what happened to people when they were in dire situations during uh, during holocausts, during genocides, during these things. You know, you you suddenly are are in something, and uh, you need to get wise, and you need to get your psychological preparation in order uh, more than anything else, more than anything else, I think all the rest, are, you can have your lentils and your chickpeas and your garden and all that, that's that's okay, but that's not to be discarded uh, it's not to be discarded at all, I, I do a lot of things like that, I learn a lot of things, uh, skills and stuff that I didn't know, just because I could show them to somebody, because I'm not I won't be probably able to do all that, but it's because I find that there might be people that might know something I don't know, but I can provide something I know, and, you know, that's just the way I look at it a little bit. I'm experimenting in all sorts of things, and, I, you know, it's giving a it's giving a kind of excitement into my life, this sort of thing, you know, uh, because you want to find something that you are... It makes you happy every day. Uh, if you're going to walk to the to the gas chamber with your head down, uh, well, you can if you like. That's up to you, but that's not what I want to do. Uh. Yeah, I'm no.
1: I'm going to get them to shoot me in the head before they walk me to the gas chamber. But well, <laughs> um, that's the only way to go, isn't it? But whether or not... yeah, I I think that even the that's the thing when we try and talk about. Uh, psychological or spiritual or whatever internal processes we might go or look into um, we always end up talking about something else and I'm wondering if maybe even that is really an impossible thing to articulate or maybe it's so difficult to think about and articulate that um, you know maybe it's like when you know if, if there is a sort of I mean i don't mean in like a massive global sense but when there's events where the shits the fan, so suddenly my neighborhood is flooded then you find out what the resources are that you have you know in not in material sense but in the non-material um and so maybe there's only so much you can prepare for it and i suppose if you've had um experience in the medical field then you have you have some uh insight into what your own response is to having to offer people like material help and also the um emotional support that goes with that but um yeah i'm sorry i got distracted there again um but maybe you just maybe you're just winging it always you know and maybe that's where you think about castrop's uh or, or it's not his idea, but this idea of natural impulses that will guide us when when the time comes, rather than trying to um, speculate about it.
0: Yeah, I, I I agree with what you're saying. Uh, the, the speculation is is not really, a, and it's it's not conductive to personal growth and to, to to improving you, to improving your knowledge of yourself. It's it's actually puts you in a box and say, well, okay, I'm going to be like this, and that's it. No, you just be open to whatever can happen. You never know what's coming your way. You never know. You never know.
1: But I'm still going to uh, attempt to practice schadenfreude and
0: indifference in the face of catastrophe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, but it's a form of acceptance which is not necessarily bad because it can save you a lot of energy um, oh, so that you need to eat less then <laughs> <Yeah>. well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and talking about that I think also um, I, I'm really a practical person I, I but I, I think uh, and I've said it before in meetings at the time of you again there's one thing that People overlook an awful lot in terms of want. You know, we all say we want to survive uh, until it's our time, but um, you want to work on your um, um, how what, what you eat and and your physical uh, condition. Because not because you have to be healthy and you have to meet the this to that. It's not. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the fact that in preparation of shortages and um, an availability of products. Um you want to realize that we're eating in this uh, part of the world uh, far too much in general. I'm not going to be moralizing about the you you know the American or European diet. I mean too much, too much like too much calories too much, everything and uh, Redu- reducing just the quantities a little bit, not talking about getting uh, right weight. or I'm not talking about these sort of things. I'm thinking of getting used to now and again, have a day without food, see how you are, get to know yourself, uh, you know, watch what you watch what you can stick in terms of hunger. It's a very good exercise and it's also, it can be used uh, aside with meditation and all sorts of other things. But you know, we we could very easily uh, cut down an awful lot of what we're eating without, and we could be hungry a little bit, feel hunger, know what it feels like in your body, recognize the signs of hunger, which are often confused with. Uh, uh, other things that we, we go for and for example boredom or things can bring you to eat when you're not really hungry do you know what i mean so that's number one and number two is the the strength um our body strength uh because if the cars go or if uh things don't start not working we're going to need our legs much more we're going to need our breath we're going to need to to be able to walk to places to carry heavier things because they won't be delivered and stuff like that so i often think that being simple is uh, simply preparing is, is also in everyday life uh, including a little bit of this and uh, maybe uh, you know not spending so much time sitting down and not spending so much time uh, in a car or uh, you know being outside if you can uh, depending on where you live but getting strong getting strong getting lean and strong like a, like, uh, like, like the people our ancestors used to be, basically. Because if I look at the pictures and paintings of of our our forebears, um, you know, you can see a complete different build in the human being. Um, and the the notion of hunger and the notion of a meal now has nothing to do with what we really need, and what was needed in the past too. Um, <laughs> okay. Sorry for the rant. <laughs> well, it's not a rant. it's more a reflection I have every day because I, I kind of think about I look around me, I look at people and I see what shape they're in. And I'm thinking, guy, you don't hold a chance with shit, it's the fan, do you know, and you want to be you want to understand cold, pain, hunger, you know, all these things. You know, you want to understand what it is to be a bit to feel pain in your muscles when you're carrying something to get, you know. This world of softies is not going to hold very long. Well, yeah,
1: I think the um, I think it's very difficult for people to internalise that in terms of. Well, I regularly fast and take cold showers as well. I've started having a crack at the old Wim Hofing. And uh, yeah, it's challenging, isn't it? When you have hot water coming out of the fucking tap, even though we can barely afford it now, it's kind of difficult. So you've got to have a certain perspective to go, right, I'm going to choose to do those things when I don't really have to. And I say, well, this is part of the downfall of our humanity, isn't it? That, um, you know, people are walking past a McDonald's all the time. And they don't know you know it's very difficult we're not designed to have any control over that i guess
0: well i i think you're right somewhere that we're not designed because i think that we have certain uh from hunter-gatherers times certain propension of uh binging on uh carbs if we have access to them uh uh, it has been studied with a long time ago by some guy who seeing how they some of them could absolutely i don't know, i think they they did that on researchers and on on, uh, on bodies but uh, and, and and on a living hunter gatherers tend to 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 eat an awful lot of of of, uh, of fruit when they find them even though they don't need them so we have certainly that in our in our genes but that doesn't mean that we don't have of course so like i mean we we've talked about meditation many many times where to to decide to meditate you make a conscious decision and effort to go and sit down somewhere and just shut up and just stay quiet and still okay well it's the same thing when you're going to think um when you're going to decide to look at how you live or how you wash or whatever, you know, let's say, for example, uh, you've been eating by the clock and um, breakfast, lunch and dinner. And today, well, you know, no. Today, you first, you don't fill up your fridge and you have to go somewhere to get your food when you need it. And, you know, you do sorts of little things like that. Um, it's, not a, uh, it's not something that's very big. You can do that in a very small way, but just one portion less of pasta one one a little bit less of this a little bit less of that people are afraid of 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 being hungry uh they're afraid of the sensation of hunger instead of understanding that it is a driving uh instinct that gives you a certain energy to go and look for your food but because it's already there in the fridge or in like you say in a Mcdonald in front of you you are not going to, to to have this driving energy to go and look for it if you see, do you
1: see what I mean? Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's just not, you know, the, the way the ancestors lived was you went out and found your food and then stuffed your face. And then the next day, there might not have been any food. And that was that. You sort of rolled with the punches, I guess, or whatever. Well, you I see what that where that is. The convenience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They'd make that lovely sourdough. Um, yeah, that's but not... as
0: DB is saying, uh, you know, the body is the temple of the mind. If your temple is a horrible mess, the mind will be too, and that's I, I totally 100% agree with that. Uh, there's no point in trying to do all sorts of nice preparation, and you know, we're going to meditate and we're going to get enlightened and stuff, and you don't look after uh, the basics, the basics which are sleep, food, you know, warmth, and eventually a bit of wash. Well, all that is not going to be uh, bringing you anywhere to do all the spiritual stuff if you're not doing that first. I would even say, I would even go as far as saying, there's no point in attempting any spiritual venture of any kind if you haven't put a little bit of order in your in your house in your body, because that that will it's just it's just uh, self-defeating.
1: It's all one thing. Mm-hmm. It's not two separate things, I don't think. It's just we think, you know, because of the fucking Greeks. We well, yeah, in- but there are a lot yeah.
0: of gurus and people uh, in that sort of fashion thing on the internet about, you know, uh, meditation, living, etc., healthy life, and all that. They're they're making it like a. I don't know how to explain that to you, but it's a kind of a. They tell people, they give people diets and they give people, uh, you know, you're going to do macrobiotic for this and you're going to go and meditate for an hour. It's, this is all bullshit because it's not a way of living that they are uh, teaching. They are giving a kind of a kind of recipes that are fitting what they're selling because they have picked up in Asia that they were doing this like that and they were eating that sort of diet. This doesn't work. This doesn't work, first you have, if you start with the body first, you cannot go wrong afterwards, you have to start with that, if you don't start there, you, you, you'll you go nowhere, you'll go nowhere, I've got many, many examples, and the people around me uh, like that, and it's it's unfortunate. It's an, maybe I'm talking because I'm an old woman who's a granny and a mother and a woman, so I know more and more maybe grounded in the body and the, and the food and all these things. But I, I come from a long line of, of, of botanists and gardeners and cooks, and they've always said that to me. And I believe the wise women that have told me that. It's, and it is it is the truth. It is the first thing. It is the first thing. And whatever prepping you're doing, well, you a lot of the preppers I'm looking at they they're calculating their intake of food in what they're having now which is completely crazy you know their their portions are their portions are calculated on the american army rations like what you know the american uh, army rations are for big guys who are fighting or walking in the jungle it's ridiculous in terms of calories it's also ridiculous in terms of quality and it doesn't make any sense in time of collapse you want to be diverse. You want to be diverse in what you eat, and you want to be able to adjust to any type of of kind of what you have. You have to eat what you have, and not try to have what you want to eat. If you if you know what I mean. Doing silence. We've talked about food.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's just, yeah, I think, I I don't think, human beings don't know anything about food anyway, so, I think, yeah, it comes back to that. So, yeah, I guess, yeah, there's that, there is that, there's an entity, isn't there? There is an entity here, and it's a body and a mind, and there isn't really a separation between the two. But we've sort of been trained that there is, yeah. I think. I think yes. that's part of the mistake. And, uh, yeah, but which leads back into all those gurus and stuff are talking about um, this um, non-dual thing. But I suppose, I'd, yeah, I don't really know about what they're trying to say. But, yeah, there isn't, there isn't any enlightenment. There isn't a state of mind that's different to anything. Yeah, eat your vegetables, I guess, and uh, go for a long walk every day.
0: But it's not just going for a long walk every day. It's realize that once you walk, once you move, you're warmer. If you're warmer, you need less energy to heat yourself. If you several people in a room, you're much warmer than if you're on your own. All this brings back brings you back to basic, basic common sense, uh, mutual thinking. Uh, you know, it's just like. I, we have been trained for for generations to, to to live in a way that is absurd, and this way of living is has brought us to where we are now, and we're going to be faced now with uh, you. You are already in some countries with with the cold houses and and empty shelves and stuff like that, but it's now that you have to do it.
1: Yeah, I guess that's the the only thing that I would be. I'm. Yeah, I think it might be that if it just. It might. Maybe it just happens. Maybe you don't have to do anything.
0: Well, yeah, if you don't do anything, it depends where you're coming, where you're starting. Uh, you see, uh, what do you mean by not doing anything?
1: Well, you know, things will unfold as they will. And. Uh... But you
0: want to survive.
1: Well, it's not up to me. I don't think. I don't, I don't. think I have agency in that. I think that you know. No, of course to
0: be... not. To a certain extent, but in a in a sort of um, in a sort of uh, do, you, do you want to, to be part of the guys who say, "Well, it's party until we drop, and that's it, and fuck it, it doesn't matter," or do you think that you want to survive hard hardship?
1: Well, oh, I I I don't have a perspective on that. I mean, I'm not a party person, so I'm, I'm definitely not part of that. Yeah. No, I
0: know. Um,
1: so I'm going to, but the, you know, at the same time, yeah, this is it comes back to this whole topic of like just really not really having any sense of what the hell's going on, and that the sense of whatever might be going on or not going on is becoming more and more convoluted and uh, I don't know ephemeral maybe and so like at, at some point like where I am at the moment I'm watching say in America there's this very extreme weather or we're used to watching that happening in other countries like poor countries we're used to watching or, oh that's terrible look at those poor drowning Bangladeshis but at any moment something could happen here uh, I'm anticipating and whether it's something to do with the um, socio-political Makeup of things or whether it's to do with weather events or whether it's to do with just like suddenly uh, resources stopping being available and at that point i'll find out what my reaction will be and i'm at a loss to really try and preempt that in any way so i suppose i'm following you know i've got this impulse to do meditation i don't know why that that that's i suppose what connects me to the narrative bernardo castro was talking about because i'm doing various things walking meditating fasting and i don't really know why but they feel like they are things to do and when you talk about the idea of experiencing um discomfort or whatever that we're not used to then that sort of rationalizes maybe some of those impulses but ultimately those impulses are coming from somewhere i can't entirely explain until you know as in you've offered a, a some wisdom about that in a way that post rationalizes some things that I relate to. Um, but that's it, at the end of the day, I've got no fucking idea what's going on and I've got no fucking idea what I'm going to do. And so, you know, if 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 an actual event occurs, cause there's, the, there's those two collapse ideas that we talk about, which is the sort of like slow grinding down this, like the John Michael Greer collapse where kind of happens in this gradual way and there's all these little bumpy events and slowly slowly you realize that you're a medieval peasant or there's the collapse of the like dramatic catastrophe and maybe in different parts of the world there will be catastrophes and that might happen where i am or it might be that sort of grinding collapse that suddenly you realize that there's only one product available to buy uh, for eating uh, in the shops but you know you're not actually being genocided as such and so depending on which which one of those things materializes then i I suppose we will individually find out what we're made of isn't it so um, yeah but
0: if you integrate collapse into your daily life now uh, whatever whether it's sudden or or gradual you, you swallow the pill easier like you know if you I'm not advocating uh, going to live in the, in a plastic bag in the mud. What I'm saying is just just watching um, every day. Well, it's not a rational thing also. Sometimes, as you said, it happens you don't know why. You suddenly just realize that you don't need that or that you don't want to do that, you don't know why, and it just happens, and it, it can give you satisfaction or not. Satisfaction you don't know. It depends how your body feels. You, you you will get the sensations one way or another. Like what you're saying for meditation. If you meditate, you don't know why, but you're doing it. Okay, well, that's... I, I do other things um, in my life that I just... I, I Sometimes I started them very young, and I didn't know why I was doing them. Uh, why I was spending so much time outside. Why I was... I like to walk in the rain, and you know i don't know but i do it and uh, it's it's uh, it's it's something that's um coming to me like that and and I'm, what i'm saying that i want people to realize that they're not ready a lot of them it's because i've worked in in the health profession and i've seen that the state of decay of 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 the human species um uh, in terms of 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 resilience to cold and effort and tar- and, and physical uh, exercise that has been you see people have been sold an idea of fitness through commercials uh, of for, for gyms and muscles and it this is not the thing you know this is not the thing at all the thing is not it's not that it's uh it's a totally different thing um it's it's a progressive way of living that makes you fit at 80 or 100 year old if you i i've i've known people who who have lived in the in the in nature or in the, out outside in, in in places that are not very friendly, like where I am in Ireland, and who have um, who have who have lived uh, an extremely hard life, but have had a very uh, happy life, but also very fit and not sick when they get old, and those people manage to to, to fare through deaths and horrors and things around them in a in a much more easy way and they could help other people much better because they were there for them and we're going to be in a society where it's not going to be very gentle for the weak and the sick don't forget that um i often think of what derek jensen was saying because he's depending on the pharmaceutical to keep him in good shape because he's got a condition where he depends on medications and he knows well that when things when shit hits the fan, he's going to be fucked, and he he knows it. And I I I that's why I'm advocating a a, a kind of care of your body really really at the number as a number one uh, because it's your best it's your best ally it's your best friend it can be your best weapon um, also um, it, it's it's also your temple as D B says it's everything is connected. That's why I'm saying that. I'm not saying that we all have to go and you know carry weights and start to look like uh, Schwarzenegger or something like that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying oh, that that's a relief.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I'm saying that in everyday life, there's plenty of ways of getting out of your little that you can detect them. We all have different things. We we know that. We know that. Do you know.
1: Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I just think it's going to be. We'll see. Yeah, I, I, I'm I, I was going to say I'm stoic, but I don't think I'm stoic, but I'm I, if I was going to prepare myself, it would be to be best suited to see how things unfold and i i've sort of yeah that's it really
0: yeah but you can only be you can only be but very humble and do what you can yourself and then your little thing you know you you're not going to be able to give rules and and and, and ways to to go through this oh absolutely um, not what i'm sharing is just what i've discovered myself through the years and because i'm an older person so i i kind of have been different different ways and i i follow different things so i uh, and i know now that i've my instinct uh, is is right and i i know that i'm i'm putting that number one um on in my life and it's become a second nature and uh, yeah yeah it is so far
1: <laughs> yeah right
0: i'm very afraid i have to
1: uh, bagger off
0: yeah well i mean me too i've got things to do now i'm going to be uh, it's been a while now we've been nearly 2 hours on this um Sorry, I took the end of the meeting off the, the bernardo Castro and the collapse. <laughs> no, oh, no, thank God you
1: did. Bloody I hell. just
0: got, yeah, I just got, yeah. yeah. I, I would like to be able to share that more, but I'm I, sometimes I'm not as, good, as well-spoken as you guys and in, in English, so I, maybe I'm not expressing myself exactly like I'd like to. But, um, yeah, we can talk about that again. No, thank no, you I very much. For that at all. Are you going to do the
1: thing? shall we sew it up let's wrap it up we're going to wrap it up now by if we have even any idea what this conversation has been about we're going to let it all go because we don't want to cling to our thoughts and feelings we don't want to cling to our ideas we want to to be flexible Uh, we want to be able to I guess float like a leaf in the wind or or be like little jellyfish squiggling around in the ocean being swept by currents and maybe sometimes finding our own way and sometimes letting the, uh, the swell push us this way or that I don't know the key thing is I don't know so anybody who listens to anything I say also doesn't know anything if you're listening to me Uh, If we're listening to ourselves, we don't know anything. The theme of tonight's meeting, for me anyway, is that we don't know anything. I don't know anything. And that's why we should forget all about it. So we don't have to be feeling bad about how little we know. On that bombshell, let's enjoy a moment of silence to let go.
3: Thank
0: you.
1: Yep. Cheers, everyone. See you later.
0: Goodbye.